You're listening to A Weird Mimosa. check failed and you're all alone there's only one action to take well maybe two it's a bonus action when the goblins are all around your rogue is dead and the cleric is down it's time to bust out and cast my favorite cantrip my favorite cantrip the one that makes you slow down my favorite cantrip go zip bit bang fizzle and boom my favorite cantrip shoot sparks and colored lights my favorite cantrip makes dope sounds in a room your sidekick has run far away your familiar's been sent back wild to the fae there's only one course to take make colored sparks and a hasty retreat Toll the bell and run like hell And pray to all the gods For my favorite cantrip (laughs) Hey, dear listener, I just said, Hey, Reagan, do you want to have some fun? She said, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, she doesn't want to have fun. Oh. <clears throat> I'm still choking. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> I swallowed a bug. Uh, hey, Lance. Hey, Reagan. <laughs> what are we doing today? We're about to have a great time, I think. We're going to play some D&D. What? Yeah. That's not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. Like you were going to surprise me with a flight to the beach. Oh. No. No. I can't afford to take you to the beach. <laughs> because you are a lowly podcast creator. <laughs> because I create a podcast for a living. Uh, and also, we don't live near to a beach. I can take you to a stream bed. A stream bed? A stream bed. Is it a grungy sw- stream bed? Yeah. I can't say stream bed. It's the grungiest. It's the grungiest. Yeah. So full of fish poo. Yeah. If it were any grungier, Kurt Cobain would live in it. <laughs> Except he's not alive. Right. Hey Lance. Hey, you reckon? <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think about the idea of playing some D and D today? Yeah, that sounds good to me too. Awesome. How's that sound? That You've got great. a character to play. I do have a character, so I hope you're ready to DM. Shit. <laughs> oh no, I'm just kidding. I am. I you think are. I got a something. Yeah, today I am gonna roll out my newest character. Why don't you tell us about this character? Okay, I will. I'm excited for this character. I've been excited for this character. I hope she's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure she will be. My new character is Princess Seventh Mandala of the Mountain Cave. Oh. She is a tabaxi rogue. Oh, God. Because of course she Here is. Here we go. And she's royalty. Because all cats think they're royalty. 
<laughs> I mean, for all we know, she's not royalty. She's actually a serf somewhere, <laughs> but uh, and that would be, dear listener, S E R F. No, no, it'll be stuck in my head. No, please, God, no. Make it stop. You made it stop. Oh, Shazam! Good you for won. Me. That's because I am Destiny Manifest, <laughs> your humble game master for today. So humble. Here on this edition of My, my Favorite, favorite Trip. Thanks for joining us, dear listener. Reagan, are you ready to jump in? <laughs> I don't know what just happened there, but... Reagan took a drink of her drink and something slipped into her mouth and uh, it got all weird there. So If I had a nickel for every time. Right? Something slipped into your mouth and it got weird. Let's do the thing. Hey, Reagan. <laughs> hey, Lance. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Princess. It's a quiet day in the mountain cave. You've spent... A great deal of time at your scratching post. Mm, my favorite. Knocking some things off various mantle pieces. It's why the mantles exist. It is, in fact, the ritual totem in the main entrance hall you've liberally defaced today. Mm, mm. It was my turn. It was. You were up on the task sharing board today. <laughs> Deface the totem. <laughs> Someone's got to do it every day. Every day. And now you're just spending some downtime playing your Comanche in your chambers. Princess, what does that sound like as you play Comanche? It is screeching. Why, it sounds very like the song of my people. It is high-pitched and screechy. It is a stringed instrument that, that very much reminds us all of home and the Hellcats that we are descended from. Well, you've described it for me. What does it sound like? <laughs> Something like that. It's beautiful. It's stirring. In fact, you're quite accomplished on the Comanche. You are, as one might say, proficient. <laughs> as you play the last stirring, exciting note, and you hold it... You hear a soft sound of padding footsteps and a clank as that knick-knack that was on your desk gets knocked over. And you look over and see your mother's favorite Perkin. Her favorite Bastet cat. He tiptoes in on tiny cat feet. <laughs> as much as a 40-pound domestic like feline can tiptoe in and it looks at you and says well, that was horrifying well you did it I don't play that vile instrument oh that what do you want she steps up onto your mantelpiece and looks at your small don't think that any of those things are for you to knock off I have plans later and it involves every single piece that's up there she looks at you and that snow globe that you got from that traveling northerner she just gently pop, knocks off its little base and onto the floor where it goes whoosh, and shatters in a small wave of glass and water 
Nothing changes on my face, but my tail begins to swish rather dramatically. So does hers. And the air becomes electric as we glare at one another. Give me food. Why? Because I hunger. You Give ha- me food. You have my mother well tamed. I'm not with your mother. Give me food. I look the 40-pound cat up and down, and I say, I think you've had quite enough, don't you? I like fish and milk. I know what you like. She begins licking her left paw, front paw. <laughs> I, I begin licking my left front paw back at her. Do you have fish or milk? I most certainly do not. What do you want? Fish and milk. Did my mother send you? Fine. Yes, your mother calls for you. Thank you. Was that so hard? Yes. I want fish and milk. Next time, have it ready. Otherwise, I'll sit on your face all night long while you try and sleep and put my paws in your hair. In what way would that be different than every other night? None, but I'll continue to do it unless you have fish and milk for me next time. You've never had fish and milk for me, and I ask for it every time. Hmm. Fine. Follow me. I know where my mother's chambers are. I wasn't going to lead you there. Fine. Go your own way. Where is my mother? In her chambers. (laughs) My tail is just... (laughs) I don't know why you're being so aggressive. I don't know why. You know what? I do know why. Perhaps you would just like to... Where are you going? I'll follow you for a moment. Perkin... uh, I can't remember my house. Perkin jumps down off your mantelpiece and and goes loping out the door and heads left uh, like she is going down towards the kitchens. And I would like to roll a stealth check to see if I can slip away towards my mother's chambers without her noticing. Please make your stealth check. Well, I have excellent stealth, but I rolled a natural one, so I must have stepped on the snow globe as I walked by. When you go to seek your copy of the mandala, make sure you walk a little quieter than that, why don't you? She calls up from the stairwell. Enjoy your fish and milk. I will, no thanks to you. And she's gone. I make my way to my mother's chambers. Your mother's rooms are state rooms, and as befits the queen of the tabaxi people of the mountain cave, it is vast yet comfortable at the same time. There are numerous fuzzy stuffed things lying around, textiles everywhere, ladders going up leading to little shelves around the corners of the room. And yet, all of it is in shades of gold and crimson and dark green. Uh, And there are woven hangings depicting the history of your people and how you came to the mountain cave in the first place. And you find your mother in her lesser audience chamber, sitting in the well-scratched teak wood chair that she calls her, her little throne. Ah, princess. Mother. You came. Well, I had nothing else to do, so I might as well. Well, we heard the screeching of your instrument from here. It was beautiful. It is quite lovely. 
I'm glad you are finally getting an appreciation for it. Soon you will catch the nuances of the wild note and you'll get the B-flat sharp just right. Yes, Mother. What can I do for you? Princess. Mother. It is time. You must decide. Will you serve your people? Do you mean, is it my day for the totem? I've already done that today. Yes, yes, and I did see where you cleaned out the privy boxes quite, quite well the day before. Thank you, thank you very much. Princess, you have a choice to make. Will you continue to live out a life of ease and pleasure? Or will you step up and take your place as seventh, granted, but a princess of the people of the Mountain Cave? You must decide today. Today? Yes. Princess takes a moment and reflects, thinking hard about just how long she's been here, and that all of her siblings have gone before her. In fact, Princess is the only one left at home, aside from your brother. Tell me about my brother. Yes, your brother, well, he's a male, and sons they don't rule. He is quite content, Scamper. He's quite fat and content in the harem, serving his role with the noble women, alongside his father, Tom. <laughs> I... But it is no place and no life for a princess. I take a moment and I deeply inspect every single one of my incredibly sharp claws that have been painted a lovely gold. And Do you I, need to think a moment? Would you like to borrow my scratching post? And she points over at an enormous, ornate totem post that's had the crap clawed out of it. I do take a run up and back down the post. Mm -hmm. I, I don't scratch so much as I climb it, hang crazy for a moment while I stare at the wall. With your back arched and your tail up. <laughs> and then I come back down and I hop sideways at my mother. Mm. And Frisky today, I see. I say, I do feel somewhat curious about what the world holds. And I run over to her mantel place and knock something off. Princess. How many times have we talked about that? You're not some temple cat to be knocking my things over. Will I not be able to knock things over in the world? I don't care what you do in the world. Don't do it in my chambers. Whatever, Mother. Yes, I shall go. It is time for curiosity to lead me as opposed to comfort. Excellent. I am sorry to call you like this and make you make this choice today, but... Sit down, princess. I think I'll stand. And her hackles go up, and her claws come out, and she says, I said sit down, princess! I take one cursory swat at her paw, and I hiss. And she goes, whap, whap, with her left front paw, and pops you on the face. And I sit down. And she comes over, and gently starts chewing on your neck before petting your head with her other paw, she says, there's a good princess, there's a, there's a good princess. Now, I'm sorry to be so difficult, but I've lost contact with six. My sister. And five. What? And three. What about four? 
and why? Two and four you're still hearing from, though. Well, they checked in when it was their last time to do so. Oh, dear. Am I to go find them, or am I to just take their place? Princess, you know how we operate here. Our role here in the mountain cave is to protect and to serve the mandala. To do that, only a princess can become a queen and rule. If your sisters are gone, absolutely you are not to seek them. You are to walk the mandala today, get your book, and go out into the world and prove yourself worthy to be queen. I will not live forever. I take a long moment and stare at the ceiling. She turns and stares at the far wall. After a very long silence, I turn my face back to her and look as if I've seen something dead. And I say, I did not anticipate this would be my path. My sisters are... They have always been very, very good at being queen material. I had half thought that my own path might be different indeed. I I had not planned to stay here forever, but to consider walking the mandala to become a queen was not high on my list, mother, as I believe you well know. She curls up at your feet and kind of brings you down and kind of curls around you and kind of strokes you. Uh, gently on the side and she says yes my daughter I am quite aware that you did not seek this life I am also aware you have not sought any life you are content to move from day to day from thing to thing to do barely enough to meet your role as my daughter and nothing else well this is also your role as my daughter and I tell you something else your sisters while good queen material, they are all rather one-dimensional. As you know, one is very strong. Six is very charismatic. You, princess, you are nearly above average in, in every sense of the word. If any of my daughters could be queen and would be a good queen, to protect the mandala, to guard this cave and keep those below us from seeking the mandala's power. It is you. Even your temperamental nature, the chaos inherent in your blood, would make you a good queen. You are a curious creature, I am aware of this. Be curious. Go into the world and learn what it has to teach you before coming back here and then keeping it out. I sit up very tall and I say, yes, mother, I shall do this. I shall leave now. Yes. Tell me what I must do. First, recite- I shall choose whether I do it or not, but I still want you to tell me. <laughs> her hackles go up again a little bit and uh, her one ear that doesn't quite sit right anymore, it's missing the tip and has a big scar on it from some long ago battle, begins twitching a little. <laughs> But she holds it in. You see the tip of her tail begin flipping at the end. Mine begins doing that lazy back and forth, like you're not really sure if I'm mad or not. She says, daughter, recite the rhyme with me. The people and the blood are of the cave. The people and... Remember, it's your childhood rhyme. Recite it with me. (laughs) 
<laughs> the people and, and the, the blood, blood are of, of the, the cave. cave. The cave, the cave guards, guards the mountain. The mountain, <laughs> the mountain <laughs> guards, guards mandala. 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 Always were a wayward child. The the blood. The blood walk, walk mandala. mandala. The one, one who walks, walks rules. rules. To rule, one must. Princess, are you staring in the corner again already? I am, mother. I'm so sorry. To rule, <laughs> to rule one, one must, must fill. <laughs> Princess, I am not thinking very highly of you. To, to rule, rule, one must, must fill, fill the book. The book. The, the book, book is, is mandala. Mandala. Mandala is, is the, the people, people and the book. And the book. One more time. <laughs> Apparently you have not recited the rhyme in quite some time since you were a kid. The people and <laughs> Fine, there will be enough time for reciting rhymes later. <laughs> At this point. Princess begins giving herself a bath as if she meant to do it that way because it is beneath her. And Queen uh, Yggdrasil leans over and begins cleaning her hindquarters under her tail. <laughs> Which is weird because she's wearing pants. Indeed. <laughs> Eventually she sits up and says, Well, I want you to go back to your quarters and gather your things. Prepare yourself for the trials. Tomorrow, you will go to the ritual area on the mountain. You know it. I know you haven't passed through it before, but you know the area of which I speak? I do. You know the path that winds out of the cave and up the side of the mountain to the glade, capped by the old tower? Can I roll an insight to see if I do actually know? You can. Oh, nat 20, yes. You know absolutely. In fact, you don't want to tell your mother because it's taboo as all hell to wander around the ritual area at the top of which sits Mandala. But you've been all the way up and around except for the very broken stone circle that houses Mandala, which is always surrounded by kind of an arcane barrier that you can't get through. Yeah, you know all about it. She says, you, you, know, you know the beginning of the path, yes? I, I believe I do, Mother. Very good. Tomorrow morning I will meet you at the beginning of the path. Make sure you are properly rested, that you have your gear that you've eaten, and I will see you at the top afterwards in Mandala. I immediately climb her scratching post and take a nap. She um, uh, bounds up to the top of the scratching post as well and goes, <laughs> and knocks you off and says, get off my scratching post. Go to your room chambers. I thought you wanted me well rested, Mother. Go to your room chambers and rest. I go to my own chambers. What do you do to prepare yourself for the following day's ritual? You know that there will be a set of trials that you will have to pass. You did watch from the base of the path leading to Mandala as your sisters went through this trial and ritual as well, but you have no idea what they faced or what they found at the top, because as soon as they reached the center of Mandala, they were gone. Well, since I, I do not know what to expect, I look around my room 
I understand that I need to put my armor on. Well, out for the morning. Indeed. I believe that some traveling clothes make more sense than my fineries. That's what I set out to wear in the morning. Tonight I am still wearing my silks. Of course. I take out a favored gift that I was given. It's a bit of folded cloth, and I shake it out, and it turns into a stylish hat. (laughs) I put it on and admire myself in the mirror, and then I become startled by something that is not there and take the hat off and put it in my bag. I pack up some of my favorite things and some things I think will be helpful. A water skin, a tinder box, some silk rope, some ball bearings, and some string. Do you take some string? Of course. I can't imagine any of you go anywhere without some string. I take At a be- least some yarn. I take a bell, but I do not choose to wear it. <laughs> do you uh, take your Comanche? I do. I debate, but the Comanche is very slim. It fits readily into my backpack. I am not taking so much with me that I think I, I cannot take it as well. And I I do pad down into the kitchen and see if I can find some dried fish. And I'm able to find five days worth that I can take. One of them I steal directly from the shelf of my my mother's companion cat. (laughs) As you do, you encounter Handmaid's second Chakana down in the kitchen. who says, Ah, princess! Ah, Handmaid! How lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you as well. You're going on your trials tomorrow. My, but word spreads quickly. Oh, yes. Word is spread all over the cave. Is there any way that I can be of assistance? And she comes over to you and kind of holds your head to the side and begins kind of licking and cleaning the side <laughs> oh, of your neck. Oh, thank I'm, I'm quite... I'm doing quite well. Thank you, thank you. Oh, my, mo- yes. my mother cleaned me. Well, aside from these rations, which I put in my pocket, I'm not sure. Is there some way you can assist me? I don't know, Princess... But I am always, I am your handmaid. I am always here to assist. Do you know, do you remember what my sisters did in their own preparation? Oh, yes. Well, first encountered a wyvern, if you remember. Oh, maybe you didn't remember that. Oh, I was not there. No. A a wyvern, you say? A wyvern. I believe fourth encountered a sphinx. Oh. Let me see. What, What an irritating trial. Indeed, indeed. So much talking. So much talking. Too much talking. And indeed, I believe Forth got through by scratching the face off the Sphinx rather oh than my. talking. Mm. There are various traps and encounters. You, you, you've heard all the stories. You've looked at the tapestries in your mother's chambers. I glance sideways as if something else has caught my attention and then look back. And when you look back, you find her looking at the ceiling with her <laughs> head cocked sideways. And I look at the ceiling. And After about six minutes, your attention comes back <laughs> to each other. And she says, well, if there's anything I may bring you, I, you already have food. If there's any gear or preparation, can, may I oil your Comanche? Oh, I wish you would. Can you tell me, are there any written records of what my sisters went through or those before them? Well, certainly in the archive of the Mountain Cave, under the watch of... Keeper Third Chakra. Hmm. Certainly there are scrolls and, and tablets that, that detail the trials of past queens. Hmm. Here I inspect my, my claws one more time. I'm not sure that's the best use of my time. Perhaps napping and cleaning myself would be a better use of my time. 
Would you like to curl up together? Oh, that is a generous offer, but if you're Our going... Our colors are complimentary. It is true. You you would not ruin my coat with the presence of your, your own, but... Honestly, if you are willing to uh, make my Comanche nice and, and tidy, I, I think that will be good enough. I would be happy to. I find myself longing for some alone time. I believe I mo- may go take a stroll around the, the grounds. Very well. Leave me your instrument. Oh, it's, it's in my room. I already put it in the backpack. Oh, I'll go take care of that for you. Thank you, handmaid. Thank you, princess. And I stroll on absentmindedly. I had actually taken six rations, and I absentmindedly eat one. So as you uh, kind of open and tear into your fish pack, you go walking, and the entrance to the caves from from below are, are very closely guarded, but you and your family and other residents of the mountain cave have... Uh, upper exits that go out onto the terraces and gardens and so on um, on the upper reaches of the mountain and as you do go out to walk and catch a little exercise you get to an exit and it's actually storming outside oh oh heavens that's that's not what I wanted at all it does storm often on top of the mountain cave, above the jungle. I briefly consider getting wet, and then I briefly reconsider and decide that I'm going to (laughs) stroll around inside the caves instead of outside the caves. Indeed. Do you go visit anyone or anything? Do you see any particular areas of the cave that you... I find myself pacing the more familiar hallways to me, the ones that I spend the most time in. I look at the totem and just take a kick at it, and I jog around the the outside perimeter of the Great Hall several times, and I find myself uneasy for reasons I cannot explain. So I make my way back to my own chambers where I can break things. Do you break things? I do, and I... Was that the plan you had for the things on your mantelpiece? It was indeed. (laughs) I pick up the snow globe, which is ruined, of course, but I put it back on the mantle and knock it off one more time so it is shattered (laughs) slightly more intently. Well, you get a a good night's sleep, some rest. You you work out much of your stress over the coming day on your uh, mantelpiece items. And the next day uh, dawns, and you awaken. Uh, normally, you're used to handmade second shakana uh, knocking on your door and waking you up. However, today you're, you're left to arise on your own. Somehow, I find myself unable to sleep as deeply mm. as I normally do. Yes. So I keep peeking one eye open to see if shakana is coming. And when she does not, I don't know if it is before the time or not, but I do find myself rising. I gather my things, and I begin to head up to the grounds. I, f- I feel like there is nothing for it but to go on up. Indeed. I do stop in the kitchen and get myself a snack. Another fish pack? I get another fish pack, <laughs> yes. Um, and Your while Comanche I'm... has been well-oiled, and uh, she left it with a little note that said, With gratitude, Shikana. I smile and then stop smiling and then I smile again and then I leave. 
Well, you head out towards the upper reaches of the mountain outside the cave. It is oddly quiet and, and silent in the caves as you head up. You do remember from the times that your sister went through the trials that you fully expect most of your people to be waiting for you at the entrance glade. This is a momentous occasion. And in fact, your mother, Queen uh, Yggdrasil, uh, was rare in having eight children. Most of the queens have litters of three or four, many of whom do not live to adulthood. In fact, it was seen as, as quite a blessing when there were eight kits in the litter. Word is trickled out that one and three and five and six have not been heard from. Well, now it's seen as a bad omen indeed. And the night before, as you were walking, you heard whispers and comments as you uh, prepared. Now you step out of the cave towards the ritual site into a warm, humid, sunny morning. I stretch languorously. For far too long, really, uh, you move all your fascia. And as you head up the path towards the clearing ahead, you can hear many voices. And you come out into the green jungle clearing upon which the first stair rises towards the terrace above it. And you find most of the people of your caves gathered there before you. And you see your mother in her finest ceremonial robes waiting for you at the bottom of the stair. Everyone quiets as you approach. Inside, I'm feeling quite a lot of anxiety and a sense of uncertainty about what is yet to come. I lift myself to my most regal height. All of five foot four. All of six foot. Oh my goodness! Yes. Oh, thank you very are much. you are a tall, lean tabaxi. I am a very tall, lean tabaxi, and I, I pull myself up and think, "You are the daughter of a queen," and I walk toward my mother, stalking almost. She quite regally stretches up to her full height as well. It's not quite as tall as you, and she's stouter now than she used to be. The ritual scarring on her face shines brightly in the morning sun. Her ear missing its little tip uh, twitches a bit as you approach, and she has a fierce kind of feline grin on her face. And she greets you in the loud tones of, of ritual of your people. She says, Daughter, Princess Seventh Mandala of the Mountain Cave people, welcome to this, the site of your trials. I incline my head and do not speak. The whole glade is silent. She says, Daughter, approach. I do. And as you do, she kind of gestures you a little bit closer and she says, Daughter, you must pass all of the trials and meet me at the top. Only when you have passed the trials will the barrier disappear around the mandala. Once you reach the center circle, you must walk mandala. If you cannot do so, you will fail. I will meet you in the center. I have no intention of failing, Mother. Do not fail, daughter. You are the hope of our people. You my eighth kit. I nod my head and, and prepare to head up the stairs. She looks up and intones, People, 
people of the mountain cave, Princess Seventh Mandala agrees to endure the trials. And your whole people goes, and claps their little furry hands are sadly silent and uh, make uh, purrs and coos and trills in, in joy. And three young male warriors leap out of the crowd and say, our queen, allow us to be the first. Yes, indeed, my warriors, she says. And they go leaping up onto the stair. Now, what you see in front of you, you are at the foot of a 20-foot escarpment. This mountain climbs up in terraces here. And there's a rough stair carved in the stone that kind of leads up the side of this escarpment. You know that you have to get to the top of the stair, cross the next terrace on which there's a stream. You'll have to cross the stream, get up the third, uh, the second stair onto the uh, third terrace, up the third stair, and up to the top. You don't know what will wait you, though. However, three warriors have jumped to about halfway up the first stair, and they stretch and ready themselves. And the one who spoke before to the queen says, Princess, we are ready for you. Try and pass us if you can. And they are on the stairs? They are on the stairs. I would like to climb up the side of the mountain. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Roll initiative. <laughs> I rolled a one. Oh, my. But that makes my initiative a five. Oh, my. Yeah. They immediately see what you're going for. I always give myself away when I flex my claws before I jump. <laughs> Why a hibiscus shall be shall be fighting in here? A ear. hibiscus shall be the sign of your house. <laughs> There's nothing to to fear when a hibiscus fights an ear. <laughs> <laughs> you begin climbing this escarpment. I'm going to have you make two acrobatics uh, or athletics checks but they see what you're doing and they begin running to head you off a nat 20 which makes it a 24 and a 9 you uh struggle and slide back on your uh second one you're about halfway up and as you kind of slide back a little bit uh, there are new, now two warriors with spears standing above you, waiting for you to complete the climb. Well, Thuwe. Come, princess. Test the end of our spears. Do you per continue to climb? Perhaps you could allow me to get to solid ground. I just wanted to get to you faster. I'm sorry, princess. We can't allow you to pass. We can't allow you to pass the stair. Oh, I see. Well, and with that... I'm going to... You are hanging on a, a uh, steep cliff face. Yes, I'm aware. All right. <laughs> there are several things I want to do, none of which make any sense. Well, then I suppose there is nothing for it. I use my feline agility, which doubles my speed, to run as quickly as I can up the cliff and jump onto the stairs. Okay, you're not going to be able to jump on the stairs. You can jump to the top of the cliff. 
Oh, okay. You're, you're going up the escarpment. The stairs go go that gotcha. way. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to try to right. do. Right. Okay. Uh, how does that How does that work? It just so doubles your. It just doubles my speed okay. for one turn. So you put on a burst of speed, and here's what I'll here's what I'll say. Uh, they're going to try and poke you with the butt of their spears and shove you off the escarpment. Okay. Make an acrobatics roll. I'll let you use your acrobatics. 14. Okay, so you managed to surprise them a little bit. Uh, so they are going to whack at you with the butt end of their spears with disadvantage. If either of them connects, you're going to have to make an opposed strength check to see if you manage to keep your position. All right, that's a 15. It meets, it beats, so okay. I get hit at least once. And a uh, looks like only one, so let's make an opposed strength check. Ooh, nice. Uh, that is a 17. Okay. You manage to keep your footing and you climb right up underneath this guy's spear. He does manage to whap you a little bit and you'll take one point of bludgeoning damage as he kind of whaps you on the top of your head. But you reach the top and they both back off and they say, well done, princess. I swish my tail at them and attempt to bow my head gracefully, but I'm quite furious that I have been walloped atop my head. And from down below, you hear the people of the mountain cave start hissing and cooing and purring with joy and delight that you've passed the first trial. And I incline my head to them and say, thank you for a challenge. Well done, Mandala, cries your mother. I wave to everyone. They begin to file back into the cave as they will no longer be able to see your progress. Oh, bye. The head warrior um, comes up to you off the stairs where he was waiting in case you fell when tried to come up the stairs. He uh, leans over and offers his neck to you in a sign of submission. I do the, the ritual acceptance where I just gently take his neck in my teeth. I, I do not put any force behind it. And um, he looks at you and says... One day, I can say that I was bested in combat by the queen. Thank you, Mandala. I raise one whiskered eyebrow at him and nod my head again, and that makes me feel somewhat conflicted inside. He speaks for the three of them again and says, We wish you all luck with your trials, princess. May you succeed. Make our people proud and keep us safe. May your hunts be successful until I return. Thank you, princess. And they back down. You now find yourself on a, on a wide level terrace strewn with rocks, bushes, and small trees. There is a fast moving stream in front of you, 10 to 15, 20 feet wide in places. You know uh, that there are several fords across it. You also know that the fords change depending on the weather. And based on the thunderstorm the day before, you're guessing that the fords that you knew before are, are probably shifted. As you uh, look around to kind of decide, it's kind of a semicircular terrace, which is 80 feet across with this stream running through the middle. You kind of look around to try and decide how best to go. There are two large boulders, one on either side of the stream, that you, you could maybe try and take a leap across from one to the other. There are some pools that might be still or more, but you take a moment and try and figure out your way. How, how do you do that? Well, I would like to investigate, I believe, or perhaps intuit where I might 
a perception check I, I'd allow. What I'm trying to do is to, first of all, is this somewhere that I have been able to get before? Is this a level that I have yes. roamed before? Yes, uh-huh. it is. But again, um, you've crossed this stream before, but uh, again, by different, different fords. All right. Then I would like to perceive and see if I can tell offhand where any of the fords are. Okay, great. Go ahead and make a perception roll for me, please. 17. 17. Okay. Please also make an insight roll. 19. 19. Okay. Dang. As you are kind of looking around and listening, you, you walk back and forth a little bit. You. Uh, I may even pace a little. You might, indeed, with your tail swishing? Yes. Of course. Uh, over by the boulders, you, you hear a voice. Princess! Over here! I, I your mother sent me to help you! Find that suspect. Is, is uh, you it... recognize it as a uh, handmade second Shakana. Oh, is this normal? Princess. Normal? To have help on the trial. I haven't, I haven't helped any of your of your kids before. No. And why would you be allowed to help me now? I don't know. Your 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 mother's beloved Perkin uh, came to me and and said to meet you by the stream and to help you across. I found a ford. I've already rolled inside, so... You have, and you feel like this ain't on the up and up. Hurry, mistress, we must cross. As, there's, as, a, there's a ford here. As much personal affection as I have for you, and I do genuinely, Handmaid Shakana, I do not trust that beast of my mother's any further than I can throw it. And I will tell you, I have thrown it many times. <laughs> I believe, and here I sigh, I believe that this is a trial meant to be walked alone. And while your companionship would be of great value to me at any other time, this is the trial of a queen and it must be walked alone. Mistress, please, I'm here to help. And she, she grabs your hand and begins trying to pull you towards the, the I would the like forward. to leap up onto the boulder. Okay. What's your strength? My strength, <laughs> 10. Okay, give me an athletics check. Oh, 16. Okay. Um, uh, you uh, jump up to, there's kind of a flat place before the top. You jump up there and then kind of clamber your way up to the top. She says, Princess... What are you doing? Very well. I'll go alone then, and you can meet me on the other side. And she oh, please be safe, Shakana. Into the stream. Oh my! And begins wading her way across. I am at a deep section. It's about twenty feet here. I have great concern for her, but I need to leap these boulders. And uh, as you spring, you see she uh, loses her footing and goes down and begins being swept away. Princess! Princess, help! Help! Is she being swept toward me or away? She's being swept between the boulders uh, that that you're on. And how high are they? Oh, seven or eight feet. You're you're ten feet from the surface of the water. There's no way for you to grab her without leaping into the water. I take a moment and sigh deeply inside my soul. I ready myself to jump into the water, and then I remember that I have my pack, and it has rope upon it. And I grab the rope and say, and toss it down while holding onto the end and bracing myself against the rock and say, grab do, do it. Do you brace it in any way, or are you just holding on to the other I've end of the I've got it wrapped around both my arms, and I'm, I'm leaning my okay. body weight back. And I say, grab the rope. There's no reason to drown. So just a, you just throw the loose end into the, into the stream. 
Yes, okay. I tie a quick loop into it to make it easier for she's, her to grab. She's going fast. She's then no, I just chuck it into the water. All right, I'm going to have her roll just a luck check to okay. see if she manages to grab this rope before she's swept off downstream. She um, reaches out for it, and her her hand grasps it, and and the wet rope kind of slips through her through her hand. Oh, get your claws into it, woman! And she's she's gone, princess. And she's being swept further downstream. So I would like to... Help, princess! I would like to wrap the rope around my shoulder, leap across the boulders to be on the correct side, and then run after her. Okay. Once again, you don't have a uh, running start, so make an athletics check for me. I got a 10. Wow. Do you add anything to athletics? I most certainly do not. Had you let it be acrobatics, I would. Well, I know. You jump across and you land awkwardly and on your uh, torso and your claws come out and you begin scrabbling at it. What What do you do? I'm going to try to aim myself so that I, I fall off the side, hopefully landing on my feet. Okay. Uh, on the far side okay. of the boulder. All right. And I'm, my intention is, the way I'm picturing it, is that I would like to scrabble awkwardly off the side, <laughs> land in a three-point, um, ah, and, ah, and then with a take off, and take off running. All right. Um, then I will say uh, you uh, scramble, scrabble. Your claws are making just a hideous sound on this giant piece of limestone, um, <laughs> and um, you slip and and fall onto the bank. Um, you uh, make a three-point landing. Uh, but it's, it's the wrong three it's points. It's with your back, legs, <laughs> and your head. <laughs> and I push myself up and vault off after. Um, and Shikana. as you uh, vault up, you notice that she's standing quite, quite calmly um, uh, in the shallows of the water. And she says, well done, princess. Oh, why, thank you, Shikana. Did that little... Did that little beast actually send you out here? Of course. Your mother said to tell you if you pass this trial that the role of a queen often requires that she ignore the supplications of those who need her help to keep their eye on the larger task of keeping the mountain cave safe. Well, between you and I, I would have tried to do both. I hope you know that. I do. I do. And thank you. Good luck, princess. And she steps out of the water on the now far bank and begins heading towards the stairs back down towards the cave. I watch her go and shake my head slightly and uh, gird my loins to head up to the next next section. And that, that idea that sometimes being queen means... You focus on the larger issue you feel like is going to be very important when you get your book. I feel slightly unnerved by what I am learning, but I am internalizing these lessons. Make a wisdom, just a straight wisdom roll for me. Twelve. As you... Not my strongest suit. (laughs) 
Uh, as you move across the, uh, the the wide, flat level space between this, this bend in the stream and the next set of stairs up the next escarpment, you recall several times in your life where Queen Yggdrasil has made seemingly really unjust, unfair judgments or done some things that ended up harming someone. But as you think about it, you realize that, that every time there was a larger issue, the one time someone got hurt, well, there were 10 people who didn't. The one time a cave entrance uh, was closed due to uh, several people of your, of your family getting uh, trapped in a cave-in, it was to keep more people from being trapped in there as she knew that those people couldn't be saved. And you realize that, that often she has made that difficult choice, sometimes to the displeasure of her people. And you, you, uh, you take that to heart. I consider this as I begin to look around to see what my next trial will be. Uh, once again, you are confronted with the, with the second stair um, leading up, and it goes not straight up the escarpment. It's far too steep. It kind of goes sideways and, and curves around. This stair is deep cut into the escarpment in almost like a channel. It's been uh, weathered and, and carved and cut uh, over, the, over the years and, and centuries. It's like if you were climbing up into a Welsh hill fort and, and there's a, a big kind of cut these stairs are in. And this, this stairway is about 50 feet long before you get up to the third terrace. I consider for a moment reprising my role from the first set of stairs, but I feel like it, it would not behoove me to have a pattern at this point. Mm. And while I cannot see anything on the stairs, correct? Would you like to roll perception? Yes, I would. That would be 21. 21. Okay. This is the stair that you've climbed several times. You don't see anything different. There's no... There's no people waiting for you. There's no warriors at the top. It's empty. In fact... It's a little too empty. It's eerie how I, empty it is. I mistrust this situation, but I feel like taking the stairs is the right approach. And you set your feet on the stairs and begin climbing. And about 10 feet up, you notice for the first time that this channel, this cut in the hill, has a shape. It's roundish, like it is actually a channel for something. As you get about another 10 feet up, you just feel like something's, something's wrong. And at the edge of your hearing, at, at the, at the, up, way up at the top, you hear a rumble. I would like to, can I just hear it or can I also feel it? You feel slight vibrations in your feet. You're now about 20 feet up the stair. So what I would like to do, I'm 20 feet up and it's a 50 foot stair. Yes. 
so what I'd like to do is I'd like to take the dash action, but I'd like to split my dash oh, a little bit. Okay, split so, it with what? Ho hold on. All right. Because I have a climbing speed and I have a walking speed. Right. And what I would like to do is I would like to dash 20 feet and then jump onto the wall and climb the rest of the way Why up. wouldn't you dash 30 feet? Oh, I see, because you don't want to get all the way to the top. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say you do that, but uh, first you're going to have to roll initiative. <laughs> I suspected. Let's hope I roll better than the one. Oh, lovely. I did. It's a four. Uh, so my initiative is eight. Eight. Yes. Well, at least it is better than last time. Oh, good. I shall be fighting a meatball. <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that. I almost did it in red, and I was like, it can't be red. And it would be a meatball on top of Old Smokey. Absolutely not. Let's see what the meatball gets. You begin dashing as you hear the rumble so, and feel the vibration. Just to explain what I have in my mind, mm -hmm. I'm going to go as quickly as I can. As much as I can do on foot, I'm going to. The minute I see something coming at me, I'm jumping on that wall. Here's what we're going to do. Kay. I took your description at its word. And as you begin running, you get about 10 feet up the stairs and careering down this channel which you now see is perfectly rounded and gently curved to allow this enormous boulder to go bounding and rolling down the stairs. Here it comes. And it is super, super fast. It is going to make an attack roll on you. Princess. This boulder comes rolling and bounding and jumping, and you see it, and you leap for the wall. And just as you do, it hits the stair you were standing on at just the wrong angle and bounces. Oh no. Right out of the channel, right past your right shoulder, and out down onto the terrace below you where it rolls gently and settles into the stream. And that, you're left clinging to the escarpment. And I hang on the side and look down there and think to myself, that would have made the crossing much easier. <laughs> oh, it well. is kind of midway in the stream now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I take a moment and I would like to uh, hang for a second just to see if I feel more vibrations coming my way before I climb down. Make, a, uh, make an investigation check. Well, that's a 10. You don't feel anything, hear anything, or sense anything. So my hackles are somewhat up. Mm -hmm. my, my tail is quite bushy. I'm sure. And, um, and stuck out straight behind you. I'm going to go along the channel, but I'm going to remain climbing. Okay. And uh, so I, it will make me go slower. Right. But I am going to make my way to the top by climbing. Well, it's actually by climbing, it's actually uh, quicker to get to the top because you're not going around. You're just going straight up. Uh, and you uh, you managed to scrabble your, your way to the top of the stairs. Uh, and you can see the marks of the passage of this boulder. And for the first time, you notice, oh, this has happened a lot. 
That's what all those scratches and dents and bonks were from, from boulders being being rolled down there over I years. just thought we didn't know how to build the stairs. And you realize now that those two boulders you jumped on and crossed were probably rolled down at some point. Very well. Thank you to whoever did that before and left me something to jump. It also explains that uh, shattered tibia bone you found down by the stream once. <laughs> My... So many questions being answered in one day. <laughs> so you reach the top and you now find yourself on a very narrow terrace. Uh, it's only about 20 feet wide here. There's one short stair leading up to the top where you know the ruined circle and mandala are. I would like to pause for a moment here to catch my breath. And also I would like to do a thorough either perception or investigation before I begin to cross. I want to see if there is anything that I can tell is there. Great. Go ahead and make a perception roll, please. Fifteen. You don't see anything, but you hear a little something in the rocks over by the, uh, that are, that are at the, the bottom of this last short escarpment. The, the top the, the top level, the, the last escarpment before the tops, only about 10 feet tall. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of scree and rock and stuff down at the bottom of it. You hear some... Like, like little rocks shifting in a, in a pattern over I, by the stair. I would like to crouch down and observe. And um, my shoulders are down at the ground. My butt is up in the air. My tail is swishing. <laughs> and I am staring with great intensity where the movement is coming from. It takes you a minute. You, uh, your senses are on edge, but so is your adrenaline. And you're starting to get that, that kind of twang of, of being overstimulated. And it takes you a moment before you realize that among those gray rocks and boulders is something moving that is also gray it's camouflaged against the rocks it is the largest cave spider you've ever seen it it must be it must be three feet across um as it kind of around these boulders at the foot of this last stair and my eyes dilate as i am observing are you are you trying to hide are you just crouched I am not trying to hide, but not not trying to hide. I, okay. So uh, I am not trying to get behind something. Sure. But I have crouched myself down low. Well, unless you're telling me, tell me you're trying to hide, I'm not going to have you roll stealth. You're just there. No, I'm, I'm just there. Okay. Great. I want to know what it is. I see. Not. Um, well, as you crouch raises two, its two forelegs and kind of does that spidery kind of pawing at the ground thing and it rushes at you. I whip out my rapier and prepare to meet it. Roll initiative. Ooh, 19 plus four, Holy so cow. 23. All right. I'm gonna poke me a spider. Poke you a spider. And truly my eyes are dilated and my tail is swishing madly. Well, it's not a meatball. It is not a meatball. Dear listener, we're using some uh, cool little initiative cards that I got. My friend David bought me this uh, lovely DM screen made of wood with a little channel on the top for these uh, initiative cards. It's, it's great. So 
shout out to David. Go to boldkobold.com to look at his dope-ass t-shirts. Princess. This gray, camouflaged spider comes rushing at you, and you whip out your rapier, and you know you've got the drop on it. What do you do? I am going to straight up attack that thing. All right. Not a great roll, but I get an 11. You hit. <laughs> it looks like I'm going to miss, and then I get a leg. Uh, right? You just go. <laughs> uh, roll your damage. Five. Five. You uh, plunk your rapier right into the junction in its thorax where one of the legs comes in and it, it rears up and chitters uh, horrifyingly at you and it spins around and with its spinnerets pointed in your direction, fires a ball of, of web poop uh, at you. So um, I start to hiss, but then I'm like, it gets caught in my throat right. as I'm horrified by what is coming my way. I go, <laughs> <laughs> Do you hork a little bit? <laughs> Princess, it rolls a 22 to hit you It with manages webbing. to wallop me with some webbing. And you are indeed walloped with this wet, sticky, fibrous mass. It plops you down and sticks you to the stairs and the top of the escarpment. You are now restrained. Remind me about restraint. Yeah, let's look at restraint. Yes, please. Your speed becomes zero. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage, and you have disadvantage on dexterity set as your arms and legs are restrained by this sticky, sticky webbing. You can also use your turn to make a strength check to see if you can burst the webbing. And you can also try and attack the webbing, if you wish. Is the spider still up close? Oh, it's right there. I am playing to win it. I'm not mm. as worried about the webbing. Right? If it's right there, I'm going to try to take another poke. Okay. With my rapier, even though I know that I'm not moving well. You have disadvantage. Uh, that still gives me a 14. That's a hit. Right on. You managed to just very dexterously kind of whip your arm in just the right way. And that would be a 10. 10 points of damage? Yes. Tell me how you kill this spider. So my fury is large. I do not like gooey things in my fur. <laughs> I do not appreciate being made a mess of. So I thrust out with my rapier and aim for that same junction that I hit before. Right. And when I get it, I flick my arm so that I can smash it into the closest bit of rock I can find and its head busts open like a melon. Indeed it does. And it leaves spider head goo all over the rock and you are now left victorious. The bottom of the last set of stairs restrained by webbing. I would like to attempt to disentangle myself from the webbing. Make a strength save please. Five hours later Oh, 14? Uh, you managed to, to pull yourself free with some effort. That is disgusting. There's now gooey s strips of stank on your, on your clothes and fur. I find myself picking webbing the mm. whole time, and, uh, and I, I'm trying to pay attention to what comes next, but that webbing is like I have to clean behind my ear, and then I don't want to lick my paw. You do remember at some point your mother mentioning peanut butter, 
as a good thing to get spider webbing out of your fur. I check my pack and there is no peanut butter <laughs> in that pack. Princess, there's a 10-foot climb in front of you. Well, there's nothing for it but to do it. Whatever I meet along the way, I suppose I shall meet along the way. And I climb it, and I'm, I'm going to attempt to dash in okay. my climb to do it as quickly as possible. So are you climbing the escarpment, or are you dashing up the stairs? I'm climbing the escarpment. Okay, so you run and jump and, and grab hold of the stone, and you're over the top in a trice. Yes. You're at the top. As your feet land on this this last terrace... You hear Mrs. Fox, <laughs> uh, who's congratulating you in her own particular hoot. Thank you, Mrs. Fox. I didn't know you could get up here, but congratulations. And indeed, she offers you congratulations. As your feet land at the top of the escarpment, you see the blue glow of the, the shielding, the arcane barrier that surrounds this ruined tower blinks and winks and goes out. Oh, and for the first time in your life, you can approach and see Mandala laid out on the floor of the ruined tower. So I'm attempting to take every single thing in all at once because I've never been here. The top of this, this terrace, and you can see the, the actual summit of the, of the mountain off to your left a couple of hundred yards. It's a little higher up. You're on a, a kind of a secondary plateau and this top terrace looks like it's made from demolition rubble. There's a, a circle of remains of, of ruins on the top that are 80 feet across and just rock and rubble strewn everywhere. And there's a about 20 feet of this seven or eight foot tall, the remains of this wall is busted open that you can get through and get into because you see glowing and shining in front of you this rainbow of of light, this pattern, this kaleidoscope of colors shimmering inside the remains of this wall. You see it glowing off the ground, off the remainder of the wall that you can see on the far side going around, and you know that it's it's mandala. You know it's inscribed in the floor of this ruin. Does the light move? Yes, it shimmers and glows. I chase it for a moment and then catch myself and realize that is not behoove behavior behooving a queen <laughs> and as you do you it, it's not like a laser on the ground to chase it you actually you leap and you grab and you uh reach out with your paws and your hands and uh yeah you get some joy off of it for a second but you realize oh shit mom said she was going to meet me in the middle what if she's watching <laughs> and i i go <clears throat> and um i smooth my web-laden fur as best I can and begin to move toward the center. Do you climb through the ruined side of the tower? Yes. And as you do, you see laid out before you, you see the mandala. It is a a labyrinth-like flower, a design inscribed far too intricately to have been anything but the work of a master wizard and craftsperson. It is a chrysanthemum within a lotus, within a rose. It's every blossom you've ever seen piled one on top of each other in six dimensions, eight, 
it's impossible to tell. Your, your senses can't take it in. And right in front of you, you see the beginning. And you know it's meant to be walked. Without any hesitation, I begin to walk the mandala. I feel this with more certainty than anything I ever have. I have my doubts about whether I want to be queen. I have my doubts about whether I want to go into the wider world. But I have zero doubts about the importance of the mandala. As you step onto it, you step onto the red section. And it begins pulsing and glowing ever brighter. And as you move forward, it's easy at first. It's not difficult at all to stay on the lines. And you, you instinctively know you must stay on the lines. That if you step off, it's, it's failure. But as you move forward and, and red turns to yellow, turns to green, it begins to feel like you're pushing against a current. You're pushing through water. Please make a strength saving throw. 13. You feel like it's like the stream below you. It's a rushing current. It's trying to push you off of the mandala. But with an effort, you, you push your way past through the first barrier and out onto the blue portion. You look down and for the first time you notice you're, you're no longer walking on the floor. You're, you're tilted sideways in reference to the to, to the ground below you as you circle around one of these multi-dimensional pedals and once again it, it gets easier to walk and as you do you start feeling the gaze and admiration of everyone you've ever known in the cave before every laugh every smile every male who's given you uh, an eye and you begin to feel like you you are a queen you are a queen everything proves it that you are a queen and as you get towards the purple and the violet and you feel it rising up inside you the, the joyful bubble of ego make a charisma saving throw well mother always said my ego was going to get in my way nine You pass through the barrier feeling very proud of yourself. You know your mother has always said that the ego and arrogance have no place in a queen. But how else do you command people but by having a good strong sense of your own self-worth? It was a struggle to pass through, but you know you did it on your own. You passed through the barrier on your own. Of course you did. You're a queen. And you move onto the cyan portion, feeling very, very, very sure of your role and how you deserve this, what's coming. Make a wisdom saving throw, and it's now higher than it was going to be before. Dang it. Six. <laughs> Princess. Apparently, this is going to be a one-shot. <laughs> you see the end. You see your mother waiting for you in the center of the mandala. The center is not on the ground. It floats in the middle of this multi-dimensional flower. You feel pride at your accomplishment. You feel 
strength in in power in your own in your own great qualities <laughs> and feeling proud of yourself you begin to rush toward her in a split second mother i've done it i've done it princess princess watch the not looking where you're going you find yourself falling as you've stepped off of the path um, and you fall to the ground oh i don't have an opportunity to try to save myself oh, no. roll a d6 four you take four points of bludgeoning damage as you fall the 15 feet to the ground i run immediately back to the red and attempt to walk the path again Roll percentage dice for me. <laughs> I thought I rolled a zero. It's not a zero. It's a hundred. Your mother turns away and begins striding somewhere. She's up in the air. She begins to move off and look faint. You go, mother, mother, mother. And you see the entrance again. I begin moving with care this time. You're going to have to beat a 14 on all three checks. You begin rushing. You're concentrating, but you're, you're, you're rushing as you try and push through the current of the first barrier. Roll your strength check. I'm done. That's a nat one. Um, the mandala rejects you and pushes you off. I, and you find yourself outside the tower, the flickering light of the arcane barrier up around it, and no one there to greet you. If there is no one there to greet me, understanding the weight of what has just happened, and that it was my own ego that led me there, I begin to weep. And I think that's where we'll leave our session. <laughs> so uh sent out into the world an outcast huh the story is not <laughs> over but uh princess now has a different road to walk than she did before dang Reagan, that's not how I intended that to go. <laughs> it's not how I expected that to go. Failure was always an option, but how are you feeling right now? Uh, disappointed. Yeah. Uh, not in the adventure. That was really fun. I'm, I'm liking this, but uh, yeah, when, I mean, if you're going to yes and this stuff, when the dice roll badly, you got to just go with what they roll. And yeah. uh, dang. Yeah, I was... Um, can I tell you something? I, I really kind of thought you got through the trials really easily. Yeah. No problem. And um, I thought, well, this is this is great. This is a piece of cake. We're telling a great story. Princess is proving herself. And you're right. The the dice gods decided on something different. Yep. They here. were they were done. Yeah. And dear listener, I'm gonna just take a moment to tell you. Both of us literally look shell shocked. <laughs> we do. We're both. Uh, we're both taken aback. Yeah. We 
dear listener, we also record these commentaries right right after we're done playing. We we don't give ourselves time to kind of think about it. So it's just happened. Yeah. What do you think Mandala's path is going to be now? I don't know. I mean, in building the character, I had always built her to be uncertain whether she wanted to be queen. And if the door has closed, it's possible she's going to become more certain that she wanted it, mm. but it's no longer on the table. Right. Or perhaps she will accept that that is fate telling her that that's not her, her path. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens next. Right. I mean, yeah. The look on your face is informing my feelings about this as much as anything because I'm having a hard time processing, you know, like I can accept that she failed the trial, but the look on your face tells me that you weren't necessarily anticipating that uh, outcome. I, so. I was not. I, I Again, I, I had a whole... I had a whole thing for, for what came next and a, a whole kind of ritual thing that, that would happen when you successfully walked the mandala. <laughs> um, and again, I, I guess intellectually, I knew that, that it couldn't happen. I did set DCs. You had to pass. Uh, just so you know, if you're interested in the mechanic um, so that you don't feel like I was railroading you towards failure. Not at all. Um, I set the DCs where I, where I thought were, were challenging but, but surmountable. Um, they were each set at 12. Mm. So you had to pass a DC 12 uh, strength save, which I knew would be challenging for you um, because your strength is 10. But you did, no problem. Um, then a, uh, And then with each success, it was going to drop the DC by one, uh. right? So you only had to get an 11 on your charisma save. But you got a nine. Yeah. Which surprised Which me. is crazy because I've got a plus four. You've got a plus four. four. I thought you were going to... All you had to roll was a seven. Yeah. You know? Um, I thought you had that in spades, which was then going to drop the DC for the last one, the wisdom, to ten. And I thought even with a wisdom of, of zero, that's a 50-50 shot, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> no, you just, you just failed. So... This is one of the things that is the the most fascinating to me about this game, whether in duet play or in group play. And it's the thing that I think sometimes can be hard to understand is that sometimes the DM is just as invested in the PC's success. Yeah. And that's why I think the dice rolls are so, are so important. Yeah. And there are some people who are like, I don't like the dice rolls, but life is like that. Absolutely. If all the planets align, you can still have a... a Isn't that true? We just don't get to see the dice. Right. And I really think that what is one of the things that is really enjoyable about this game is that inherent... I mean, how many ones did I roll? You rolled tonight? a lot. You rolled like three nat ones. a lot of yeah. ones. Yeah. So there was clearly a story that the dice wanted to tell yeah. that you and I were not on the same page right. with. Right. And yet that's the story that gets told because this is a game that inherently right. requires you to trust the dice gods. Well, that's what makes it a game, right? Is is randomization. Otherwise, it would just be choose your own adventure storytelling. Yeah. It's 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 the dice rolls and the mechanics that makes it a game. 
And um, I think people lose that sometimes. They want it to be something else. But at the end of the day, yeah, it, it, it's a game. Yeah. You know? And we love the storytelling part, but um, the, the mechanics, the rules, it's like Yahtzee. You know, would it be fun playing Yahtzee if you got a the 100% highest score every single time? Absolutely not. There's got to be stakes. Yeah. You gotta have and, some stakes, um, and the dice make it genuinely random. Right. So there, you know, it makes it harder to game. And there are things, you know, like I've got a couple of things that I've got a plus, like I've got a plus eight to stealth. Yeah, that is awesome at level one. Yeah, I mean that is That's amazing yeah. at level one. But at the end of the uh, day, tell, tell the dear listener while we're talking about it. Uh, uh, what is Princess? Oh, um, she's a rogue. Um, a rogue. Yeah, and she's right. Uh, the intention is to take the swashbuckler yeah. uh, side of uh, House of... To be a swashbuckler rogue. Yeah. Um, but right now, she's just a rogue. And there are some amazing things that go along right. with being a rogue, yeah. none of which I got to do. Right. Uh, but that's okay. Well, you did some great climbs. And, of course, that comes from your natural ability. Right. Uh, but that was, that was great. And um, I was a little surprised you didn't stealth uh, your way past the spider. Uh, that did not feel in keeping with being a tabaxi. Interesting. So you had a little conflict right off the bat between being a rogue yeah. and being a princess. And because this was a trial where out in the world, right. I'm full on rogue, in the trial, you use what you have, but also you have to be present for your people. Right. So... Um, I felt strongly that I needed to, to confront whatever I could, right. which was really fun. Like I yeah. got to poke that spider right away and right. that was cool. But it, it is interesting how, how sometimes those things. Well, it's funny work. you mentioned the DM can be just as invested in, in the success. It's, it's funny you say that because as I was preparing before our, uh, our session, I was set in DCs and all that. And I, I literally had a moment where I said, no, I want her to succeed. I'm not going to set that high. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had that that very same thing where I was like, no, I, I think for for this story, what I want is is success. And like you said, the the dice had a different approach. And not to go too far down this road, but I do want to say we probably already have. Yeah, we probably already have. But you and I have had this conversation before because you don't want a railroad, right? as a DM, but also you don't want to set it to be frustratingly impossible. Right. And you want your character to be invested yeah. and for there to be stakes, but you, it, so a cakewalk is, is no one's best friend, but also. It's fun occasionally in the course of a longer campaign. I sure. Think. Sure. But, and also this is one of those things where you have got to remember that there are always, if there are two people at the table, there are three players. Yep. If there are five people at the table, there are six players. Absolutely. And it so that and that one additional player is, is the dice gods right. always. Well, Reagan, what did you think of the adventure? What did you think of the NPCs and and uh, what I put together for you today? So I really enjoyed this. This was exactly how I was picturing Great. her life. So Great. that worked out well. Um, I do think it's, uh, I'm going to give a nod to something that I think is really funny, which is that two of my three characters that I've prepared for this kind of first round of storytelling, right. uh, you have made a dislike of males 
<laughs> inherent or not a dislike, but a, a kind of um, dismissal right. of males as part of that, which I think is hilarious. And dear listeners, I'm going to share with you, spoiler alert, Scamper was one of our cats. He was. And he here's was. what's even funnier about that <laughs> is that I can see that there are two of our cats in him because I think Scamper had a little Simba in yeah. him the way that you were describing yeah. him. So we had uh, some male cats that were not fit for anything but nope. ruling uh, because they needed someone to cater to all of their needs and yeah. these two cats were it. Well, when I got thinking about what what is a, um, and we have cats, obviously, dear reader. Um, and uh, when I got thinking about, and we live in a neighborhood where there's a ton of strays, we see all the, the, the baby cats, the mama cats, the tom cats walking around. When I got thinking about, because everybody plays tabaxi as some sort of slinky, sexy something, <laughs> right? Which is which is great. Sure. Um, but when I got thinking about, okay, what would an actual cat society be like? <laughs> um, and you look at these neighborhood tom cats. Uh, they're fat with big cheeks and scarred, and they do nothing. Yep. All day they long. They just look for women's. Except trying to get with the ladies. That's all they do all day long. So clearly the ladies are, and, and female cats have nothing to do with them until they're in heat. Right. The whole rest of the time they're like taking care of babies and doing this and doing that. It's like, well, clearly women are the rulers. It's not that the, that the men are. Are. But clearly, they're useless for anything else but <laughs> but but fighting each other and preening and you know making more cats. Right, right. So can uh, I can I give unlike, you a nod? Unlike the the Drow City, right, uh, which is a different thing entirely. It's a different but. thing entirely. Can I give you a a little a kudos a star um, yes. for I'll the uh, cats keeping cats? And you beat me to it. I, I was gonna uh, go towards stars and wishes. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the cat belonging to the cat. Yeah, and don't you think a cat society would have lots of lesser cats? <laughs> I think maybe. After I mean, all, if Clint Eastwood can have an orangutan, cat people can have cats. Is it Clint Eastwood that has an orangutan? I don't or? know. Whatever that movie was. <laughs> so, very briefly before we go to stars and wishes, can I also tell you what my favorite cantrip is from this yeah. episode? My favorite cantrip would have been anything. <laughs> Because I, as a rogue, I have no magic. Yep, this, this was uh, anything. I, the only magic in this adventure at all was uh, the mandala and the barrier around it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, "Do I? Ha I have no potions. Nope. I have no magic items. Nada. I have no nothing. Random features. I nope. have no. I. You know. I was really excited that I got to use my feline agility. Yep. But that is not a cantrip. It is so not. My favorite cantrip would have been any cantrip. <laughs> any freaking <laughs> cantrip at all would have been good. Uh, do you have any other stars or wishes? Um. So I really liked the mandala. This is a star. This is a star. Mm -hmm. I really liked the mandala concept. Thanks. I really liked that. Although I watched you battling it, mm. I want to give you stars for going with what the dice were doing. I, I know that was a battle. It goes against the grain for me sometimes. And I, I think this is this is something we've talked about in Talking Heads and some other kind of commentaries and stuff. And other people on podcasts and stuff talk about it all the time. But that idea of, you know, as a, as a DM, when do you step in? Do you step in? Do you make a deus ex machina? Do you... And... I'm often tempted, and in other games I have failed temptation, 
to make something turn out a certain way. And I'm really struggling to, to not do that because, again, as we were just saying, I think as a player, when I'm a player, I want there to be stakes. Yeah. I don't want there to be the magic carpet. I don't want there to be the, the, the portal that whisks me away. I don't want that to happen. I, I want to try my wits and my skills as a character and see whether I succeed. And to succeed, you have to have the option to fail. It's true. So, so stars thanks. for that. Thanks. Yeah, because yeah, I know that was hard. it was visible hard. on my face, I could it? see it. Yeah. yeah. It was, and yeah. I think I was handling it better than you were. I think you were. Any wishes? No, because I am a, I, I worship at the altar of the Dice Christ. Mm, uh, yeah. I am a believer that if the dice have a different story to tell than the one you want to tell, and they tell it consistently like yeah. they did today, that you walk that story. And you know that I am the queen as a DM of doctoring things and Absolutely. shifting things up. But once the die is cast, as the case may be, Wah. I know. Wah. Wah. But once... Once the story is rolling, mm -hmm. the rolls of the dice are going to inform yeah. whether it happens that way or not. I can have a hope, but I'm going to walk the path, yeah. whatever that is. I'm not, sometimes I will build in a deus ex machina, but I'm not a big believer in that. And, you know, I, I want it to be what it's going to be, right. even if there's stuff automatically right. built in. And so I really, that is not a wish. That is a star. Mm for me that that we did it that way i have occasionally built stuff um for characters and other campaigns that they weren't meant to succeed on and mm -hmm. then i've had a deus ex machina come in on purpose right to provide that because if you think about you know okay great you're level five or whatever it doesn't mean that everything you're you're going to encounter is perfectly balanced for your level. Nope. You will encounter some stuff that's weaker. It's possible as an adventurer you will encounter some stuff that's way way more powerful than you are. And um, uh, so you know if you wanted to continue, sometimes you gotta you gotta build in a yes, Mrs. Fox. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, uh, Reagan. I want to give you stars um, as well for your creation of this character. I think it's really inventive, the um, the numbering of the kits. The mandala bit really, really got me thinking. So uh, I did some research on... So Queen Yggdrasil is named after the world tree, right. which is another symbol of, you know, kind of life and universe. And, of course, the mandala is, symbolizes... Um, uh, all of those things as well. So that was a fun thing to um, to play off of. Yeah. And the whole mountain cave. It, it took me a while to kind of piece together what I thought that world looked like. Um, and uh, I realized that this is a... Maybe nobody else even knows about this. But this roaming band of cat people found these caves. And at the top of this hill was a ruined tower with a very, very powerful device. Mm. And um, their ruling class... It's a Magnacoil laboratory. It is a Magnacoil laboratory. <laughs> Could have been. Their ruling class uh, claimed it, and um, now they squat on it, really, to protect anyone else from getting to it. Sure. Um, so, you know, what does the rest of the world look like? I don't know. Your, your world has been bounded by this mountain, surrounded by jungle. So we'll see. We'll see where you go now. Yeah. 
Well, I guess that stars to you too for taking, you know, my my little niblet of a start and turning it into a world. So. Thanks. Well, before we get into um, kind of uh, contact information and all that kind of stuff, do you have any shout outs that you want to make? Um, so you did a shout out that I wanted to do, so I'm glad okay. you did, but to uh, David's uh, shop. It's boldcobold.com. Yeah, which is really, really cool. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Yeah, literally right this minute. And uh, yeah. I, you that... could go onto our website, to our merch page, and actually buy it off my back. You could. You could. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Great D&D themed stuff. If you like kobolds and dragonborn <laughs> and things of that nature, be sure to check it out. I defy you to find a cuter kobold. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's my one shout out today. What about you? Any shout Yeah, outs? I've got a couple. So uh, those of you who, who have read classic uh, science fiction and fantasy, the, the mandala may not have been new to you. Uh, I borrowed very heavily from uh, Roger Zelazny's Princes in Amber uh, series for that with the pattern. Thanks, Roger Zelazny, whatever <laughs> part of limbo or whatever you're in now. And uh, I also want to make a shout out to Cobalt Press. We use a lot of Cobalt Press we stuff. Do. And the didn't use anything in the lair except the map. But <laughs> the map in the Creature Codex Lairs book is the one that we use today under King of Ill Fortune. So thank you, Cobalt Press, for your great D&D work. As always, we all use the open game license from Wizards of the Coast to do this stuff. Lance. Reagan. I remembered one more shout out. Oh, yeah. One more shout out for today is um, I would like to shout out all of the literally hundreds of cats in my life. <laughs> I really debated whether it made sense to either go all in on the tabaxi or j not. But I'm like, if you're gonna play a tabaxi, they, she needs to be a cat. Yeah. She needs to actually be a cat. So all of the cats, to all the cats I've ever known and all the cats I have yet to meet. To all meet, the cats I've known before. <laughs> thank you for your asshole tendencies. Who came in unasked through my door. <laughs> they set up shop right here. <laughs> They eat all of my beer. Wait, that's not huh. right. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to thank the maker of Fish Packs, TM. <laughs> all right, Lance, let's, let's, let's wrap our it up, social Reagan. medias. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram under a couple of handles. I'm Destiny underscore Manifest. I'm the underscore Goddess Divine. You can go to our website, myfavoritecantrip.com. We've got an embedded player there. You can listen to the show there. Uh, we put up some interesting things, we think, in the blog section. <laughs> Dear listener, we have a Twitter handle. It's at MyFaveCantrip, M-Y-F-A-V-C-A-N-T-R-I-P. And uh, I'm just going to say, thanks, everyone. <laughs> Talk to you later, dear listeners. This has been a weird mimosa. <laughs>